Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. I have kind of a, not I don't know if warning is the right word, but kind of a, a warning. Um, those of you that have been saved for some time and have come to church for for many years, um, more than likely you're not going to hear anything new this morning. <clears throat> you know, one of the one of the things that when I started pastoring, I felt like every time a holiday rolled around, Easter, Christmas, Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day, you know, all these holidays. <clears throat> I, 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 I felt this pressure that I had to create or come up with a, a new sermon. Uh, just, you know, does that make sense? And um, uh, <clears throat> as I was praying and asking God to give me wisdom on this morning's message, he very clearly directed me this way. And, and um, like I said, there's nothing new. And I think it's a good thing to be reminded periodically just how great and good God is. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to focus on the goodness of God and how great He is. There is something called the liturgical calendar, and that is a fancy word for um, religious calendar. And this week is on the liturgical calendar. Is Anybody know what this this week, starting today to next Sunday, what this week is called? Uh, This is Palm Sunday, Well, this is Palm Sunday, yes. But this week is called the Passion Week. So today is, as he said, uh, the first day of the Passion Week. It is Palm Sunday, or uh, another another term that it, I, I prefer to use the triumphal entry um, uh, phrase, but it's the same, same thing. Um, today, on the liturgical calendar, marks the end of a three-and-a-half-year journey that Jesus makes in his ministry. For three and a half years, Jesus had ministered to everybody that he could come in contact with. Uh, He gave them hope. He gave them comfort. In some cases, he gave them warnings. He healed them spiritually, emotionally, and physically. He raised the dead. He fed the multitude, and I could and I could go on and on and on. But today represents the end of that three and a half year ministry. It culminates on what we call the triumphal entry or Palm Sunday. Today also marks the next journey, if you would, in the life of Jesus Christ. This next journey only lasts eight days. So so kind of think of it this way. 
Jesus's ministry for three and a half years was to culminate in an eight-day period known as the Passion Week. Today is that day that it goes from one emphasis to the next. Monday, or excuse me, Sunday, obviously, is the triumphal entry. Uh, Monday, Jesus went and cleansed the temple. Tuesday, the priest questioned Jesus' authority. And I, I'm bringing this into a condensed version here for you. So, um, so there there is many, many more events throughout the week, but these are just kind of the highlights, if you would. On Wednesday... Judas agrees to betray Jesus. Thursday is the Last Supper. Friday uh, is Jesus' crucifixion. Friday is also known as what? Good Friday. You know, for years I struggled with why in the world would people call that Good Friday when Jesus was crucified that day. But when you think about it, it was a good thing for me because that was the day that Jesus gave his life for mine. Next Sunday represents Resurrection Day or what we call Easter. The reality is that every one of us knows the Christmas story inside and out. It's the, it's the birth of Jesus, and we celebrate by, by putting lights on our houses and putting Christmas trees up and decorating the inside of our houses and the outside of our houses, and, and rightfully so, we should do that because the birth of Jesus Christ is important. We exchange presents and uh, celebrate with each other because of the greatest gift that was given. And we should do that. But the resurrection day, this week, this this passion week, oftentimes get buried because of modern day Easter traditions with Easter bunnies and chocolate eggs. And we become so focused on the worldly aspect of Easter that we forget the spiritual context of Easter. Now, I've shared this before, but I wanted to share it again this morning. I I grew up in a in a home where we celebrated Easter, and every Easter my mom would make me wear a tie. Now we never went to church, so I felt like that was torture, you know. But she would make me put on a tie, and we would have an Easter dinner, and we'd do all these, you know, we'd have the typical Easter egg hunts and everything. But to me, it never made sense why I had to wear a tie to go hunt Easter eggs. It made no sense until I got saved. And the, my very first Easter after I was saved, all, all the Christians in our church, well, hopefully most of the people in our church were Christians, but anyway, uh, everybody in our church getting excited about Easter. And I, I looked at my wife, who was my girlfriend then, and I said, what's the big deal? And she says, you don't, you don't understand what Easter is really about? And I was like, it's about Easter bunnies and eggs. And she's like, wow, I got news for you. See, I didn't know 
And we should be we should be more excited about next Sunday than we should be about Christmas. Because it is it is the resurrection that proves that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In Romans chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. It is the resurrection that proves Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, obviously, he could not raised from the dead without being born. You know, so I'm not I'm not minimizing Christmas. Please please understand that. But what I'm trying to do is overemphasize the resurrection because that that is the key. We are not saved because Jesus was born. We are saved because he raised himself from the grave. It was the resurrection that proves he can save the lost. In, in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It is through the resurrection <clears throat> that he proves uh, the believer, uh, that he provides the believer with power. In Romans chapter, one, uh, chapter 8, verse 11, I'm trying to talk too fast. I'm sorry. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Because of the resurrection, I have power to live through him. Because of the resurrection. It was the resurrection that proves he came to give victory over death. 1 Thessalonians 4, chapter 14, or chapter 4, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. I have nothing to fear. It is the resurrection that does all of these things. Now, again, none of those things would be possible if Jesus had not been born. So please understand, I'm not minimizing our celebration of his birth. But we need to celebrate his resurrection. The birth of Christ is incredibly important. The life and ministry of Jesus Christ is incredibly important. But it's the resurrection, the death, burial, and the resurrection that proves he is the Son of God. John chapter 12 starts the Passion Week. It is, the, it is this point that everything starts to, 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 to pivot and change Let's look at John chapter 12 in verse 1. Then Jesus, six days be, uh, before the Passover, uh, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, 
and had uh, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we look at this morning, just a few minutes, at the power of the resurrection in our lives, I ask, dear God, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would encourage us and that you would strengthen us and help us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jesus makes his way to this town of Bethany. This is, this is where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, the, the, the three siblings, where they lived. And, and Jesus goes to visit them. And, and uh, look down in verses uh, 10 and 11. But the chief priest uh, consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death because <clears throat> that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Now, it, 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 I find it interesting that here Lazarus, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. So what do the Jews want to do? They just want to kill him again. Yeah, my, my, I have a couple thoughts here. One is, do you think if that was the case, Jesus could have raised him again? You know, I mean, that's... But, but the, the, the real problem here is the Jews are blaming Lazarus when in essence, Lazarus, it's not Lazarus's fault that Jesus raised him from the dead. But they were actually, they were mad at Jesus. Look at verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they <clears throat> heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel which cometh, which, uh, uh, that, that cometh, uh, in the name of the Lord. And Jesus went, excuse me, and, and Jesus, when he had uh, found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter, daughter of Zion, behold, king, the, thy king cometh sitting on an ass, his colt. These things understood not his disciples at, at the time, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered. Then remembered they uh, that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. The triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. Jesus makes his way to the city of Jerusalem and he, <clears throat> and he, 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 well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me let me just stick to my notes here. Uh, Exodus chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now, this week leading up, we call as believers, we call it the Passion Week. The Jews will be celebrating in a few days Passover. And this, this celebration of Passover was so important 
to the Jews that God told them that their calendar is going should revolve around this one event. That's how important it was. That's how important it should be to us. But God here says, hey, this is such an important event that's going to take place, this, 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 this Passover. And we're going to talk about it. And there's, there, there are things that lead up to Passover. It's not just a one-day event. But it is so important that your calendar is going to revolve around it. Again, it should be that important to us. The Passover and the Exodus was the beginning for the children of Israel. Again, I cannot overemphasize the importance of this week with the Jewish calendar and then within the liturgical calendar as well. The title of my message, very simply, is this, The Triumphal Entry. The Triumphal Entry. There are going to be a couple of things we're going to look at here this morning as we look at this. And again, none of this is new, at least those of you that have been coming to our church for some time. But the first thing I want to look at is something that is called uh, the uh, Lamb Selection Day. Lamb Selection Day. Now, please hang with me here because this is this is really important. And I don't want to lose you here because this this is critical to understanding the the celebration of Passover. The Feast of Passover, again, was the most important holiday on the Jewish calendar. Jews came from all over the world to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Uh, The population, I, I read somewhere that the population would swell to four times its normal population just for this week of Passover. It was, it was an incredible influx of people that would come in. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 3. It says, Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel. Now who, who is this talking about? This is God speaking to Moses to tell the children of Israel. Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month you shall take to them every man a lamb according to his house of of their fathers, a lamb for every house. So on the 10th day of the month, they were to go and select a lamb. They were to take a lamb for the Passover meal. It had to be the right size for the family. Uh, It had to be a male. It had to be less than a year old. It had to be without blemish or defect. So that is the that is what they needed to find. Um, then the family would keep the lamb for four days. Oftentimes they would actually bring the lamb into their own homes and and tr- almost treat it like a pet, if you would, for four days. They would then take that lamb. They would kill the lamb and they would eat it for the Passover meal. They would save the blood for uh, three days for 
the actual Passover event. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, so it, it was a it was a thing. So, <clears throat> so 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 get this. Okay, so on the tenth was Lamb Selection Day. On the fourteenth was the la- uh, was the was the 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 meal that they would have with the lamb. Now, the fourteenth day would correspond to what we would call the Last Supper. You, you, you see the you see the, the 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 pieces of the puzzle here. The the fourteenth day was the day when so when Jesus had his last the, the last supper, which by the way, a little commercial here, uh, Jim and Angie are involved in a play that represents the last supper. And it's uh, this coming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. There's a bullet. There's a thing out on the bulletin board for it. I would highly recommend you going. My wife and I are planning on going on Monday. Um, be there early. Yeah, be there early. Um, but anyway, um, so the the meal that Jesus and his disciples were having on what we call the Last Supper was actually the Passover meal, and they were more than likely eating what? Lamb. Lamb. I just find that incredibly interesting. Now, <clears throat> the three days later is what? Resurrection Day. It's no coincidence that Jesus chose to enter Jerusalem on Lamb Selection Day. Lamb Selection Day for the average Jew was a day of celebration. It was, they, they, my understanding, I've done a lot of reading on it, and my understanding was it was a big deal because all these people from all over the world had migrated to Jerusalem. And it was that day that they would go into Jerusalem and to the surrounding areas, and they would, and as a family, they would select a lamb for their Passover meal. And it would it would be very similar to the way we at Thanksgiving would maybe go to the grocery store and pick the turkey that, that you want for your family and make a big deal of it. It was a it was a huge event. So the streets would have been bustling with people when Jesus had made his entry. The the the, the city had excuse me quite possibly swollen, swollen, uh, increased in population by at least fourfold. There were people everywhere when Jesus made his triumphal entry. These, these pilgrims, if you would, were shopping for lambs, trying to pick the one that they would choose to be a part of their family for four days. And that they would use for their Passover meal. What is the Passover? Last night, before uh, Melanie and I went to bed, I I happened to do a little channel surfing, and and I saw 
that I don't know what channel it was on, but uh, 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 the Ten Commandments was on. And I thought, oh, man, that's one of my favorite movies. Even though it's not biblically correct, I still like it. <clears throat> I know, I'm carnal. I just, I still like it. Uh, but anyway, um, I <clears throat> and, you know, in that movie, it's called the Ten Commandments, but in that movie, they depict the event of the Passover, where the lamb was, the lambs were killed, and then the blood was painted over the door uh, and the side posts of every house. And every house that that had been done to, the 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 angel of death would pass over. That's why it's called Passover. And what what does somebody tell me? What does that blood represent? The blood of the lamb. And and we as believers have that same blood pictorially in our lives. When God looks down from heaven, he does not see Rick Lynn. He sees the blood of Christ on my life. That's an incredible picture. This whole, this whole celebration of the Passover, even to this day in the Jewish community, is a huge thing. John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming uh, unto him. That's John the Baptist, by the way. And saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. What was he doing? He was calling him the Passover Lamb. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8. And Abraham said, My son... God will provide himself. You see the, 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 the personal pronoun, himself. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, <clears throat> together. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye, have, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. This whole, this whole week, this Passion Week that we get to celebrate is an awesome thing. If it wasn't for the death, burial, and the resurrection, we could not have the Passover. We could not... We could not Celebrate this day. By coming into Jerusalem on Lamb Selection Day, Jesus was more or less saying, choose me. And people did. How do we know they did? Because they laid down the palms and they they would take off their coats and they would lay down their coats. Why? It was a symbolic gesture to a reigning monarch that would be entering the city. Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast that, and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. Not worthy is the God. 
Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I have a question for you. Have you chosen Jesus this morning? I hope you have. I hope you have. Number two, and I'll try and hurry here. Number two, we see the lamb selection day, and then number two, the donkey. Kind of a weird point, isn't it? I know. Matthew chapter 21 Uh, verses 1 to 11, uh, says this, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, they were come to uh, Bethsage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway uh, you shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he sent, <clears throat> and straightway uh, he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt of the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes. And they set him thereon. And a great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strewn them in the way and the multitudes that went before and that followed cried saying Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and when he was coming to Jerusalem all the city was moved saying who is this and the multitude said this is Jesus the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. I have a question though. When I when I read this uh, many years ago, I thought, why a donkey? Why a donkey? And and there, are, I believe there are a couple reasons. One, uh, first, it's it, for it is um, uh, prophetic. Uh, in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughters, daughter of Zion. Uh, uh, shout, O daughters, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Uh, he is just and having salvation, uh, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So it was a, it was a prophetic thing. But I, I also think it's symbolic. I think it. I, I think very much so. I, it is very symbolic. Uh, what kind of a savior were the people looking for? They were looking for a military or a or a political savior, were they not? Somebody that would get them out of the clutches of the Roman government. 
So <clears throat> by him riding on a on a donkey kind of was not who they were looking for because if they if a military or a political um, uh, savior had been coming, what kind of animal do you think he was would be riding on? A big horse, exactly. You know, hey, look at me, I'm here to save you. You know, it would have been totally different. But he came on an ass, a donkey. Max Accato wrote this. <clears throat> if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a Savior. I believe the donkey was very symbolic. Look look at verse 3. <clears throat> uh, well, can, let's see. Well, it's it's in the it's buried in the passage I just read. Can you pull up verse three in there? <clears throat> Sorry, Chris. Yes, there, there's a phrase in here that is very very important, and it's it's right in the middle of this verse. It says, "The Lord hath need of them." That that's an important phrase. The Lord hath need of them. The, the, word, the word Lord here is the word kurios. Uh, the, it's the Greek word kurios. And, and, and what kurios is the Greek word for creator. So when he tells his disciples, say, hey, if anybody says anything, just tell them, hey, the creator needs them. That's an incredible statement. And, and we read earlier that the disciples, they didn't quite understand everything that was going on yet. But the Creator needed them. That's an inter- To me, at least, that's an incredibly uh, um, important statement because I believe not only is the, the donkey symbolic to Christ's humility, but I think, and please keep this in context, I think that the donkey is also symbolic of you and me. I'm not calling you a donkey, okay? That's not what I'm doing, okay? So I'll make sure you get that. I believe the donkey is symbolic of you and me. And, what, and you say, well, why do you say that? Matthew chapter 21, verse 2. Saying, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. The two words here, loose them, is another interesting phrase buried within these, this passage. What Jesus does not say is, hey, go to this town, find the donkey and the, and the, and the baby, and 
untie them and bring them to me. He doesn't say that. He says to loose them. The phrase loose them literally means to set free. Think about this for a second. What does the resurrection of Jesus Christ do for you and me? It sets us free. Then Jesus says, and bring them, bring them to me. If now I, I am not now I, I realize we have some people here that are animal people, and I mean what I mean by that is I'm talking big animal people. I I, I know dogs and stuff like that. Now you had mules, right? Yes. <laughs> now. <clears throat> Again, I'm not a I'm not a big animal person, but I know enough to know that donkeys are a little on the stubborn side. Are they not? <laughs> Just a little. And I again, I you know, donkeys the impression I get from a donkey is they're going to do what they want to do. Does that, does that kind of sound familiar? Now, my understanding is if you set free a donkey, what is it going to do? It's going to take off. But what happens? It does the will of the Creator. Set them free, Jesus says, and then bring them to me. Think about that. The stubborn animal does the will of the Creator. That's why I I believe that the donkey can be representative of you and me. Because we want to do what we want to do. Is that not true? As we progress through the Passion Week, we will see in Luke chapter 22 that Jesus, as he's getting closer to the cross, that he pleads with God to give him strength to do his will. Luke chapter 22 Verses 41 to 42. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou will, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That should be the desire that we have. We should have, as as created beings of a creator God, we should have the desire to do the will of the creator. Jesus stayed faithful to the will of God. 
In closing, I want to read something I came across and I, I found it very interesting. Chris, you had that picture? <clears throat> this man here uh, in the orange tie, his name is Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett is the uh, <clears throat> head basketball coach for the University of Virginia. He said this, I have great things in my life. My love for my wife, my love for my family, my love for coaching, my love for basketball. Those are wonderful things. But when you line them up in the comparison to Christ and the relationship you have with him, <clears throat> with what he has done for you and with what he's given you, they don't compare. The greatest, that, that's the greatest truth that I know. I read that, I read this, this statement, this quote, and, I, and I, I wanted to share it with you this morning because the reality is this. The greatest truth is the love of God in your life and mine. And this Passion Week, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the resurrection, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, because it is through that that we can be saved. And it is through that that we can have power in our lives. It is through that that we can have victory over death. Question. Have you chosen your lamb? Have you chosen Jesus Christ to be your Passover lamb? Are you faithful to the will of God in your life? I hope you are. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I am so thankful and so grateful for all that you do. Lord, I just ask that you would speak to our hearts, <clears throat> that you would use this time in your word this morning to help us to maybe refocus some things in our lives. It's so easy to get out of focus, especially with all the things going on in our world today. And Lord, help this week, this week, this passion week, Help it to be truly that, a week of passion for us. That we would celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who came into this world not to mock us, not to point fingers at us, but to love us and to die for us. Thank you. Dear God, for this day. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you, has God spoken to your heart this morning?